TED Audio Collective. Hey everybody, it's Manoush, and this is Chapter 5 of Zigzag. I am coming to you from my parents' backyard in New Jersey, where I have taken the kids for the July 4th holiday. Uh, Still working, though. Um, And I just want to say thank you for being along on this journey with us. Um, And we've got a quick programming note right at the top here. Civil is going to be announcing the details of their public token launch really soon. And all the ideas that we've had about making journalism and our company work on the blockchain are going to be put to the test really soon. Things are going to start moving. And in the next several episodes, we're going to dig into the details of how token launches and the blockchain even work. It's going to get nerdy and fun again. Um, We're going to learn about things like token curated registries and constitutional governance models. We're going to kick the tires. We told you we'd get back to that techie stuff again. Anyway, we don't know all the answers yet, or many of the answers yet, but already it has pretty much been the weirdest summer of my life and Jen's life. And we're so thrilled that you're on the ride with us. So thank you for sticking with us. Uh, But now, before we get into all the nerdy stuff, we've got one more episode, and it's a good one. Chapter 5. A last gut check with the help of a discerning listener and uh, some old friends. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at... (sighs) 3 a.m. The office was shocked. But that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. We haven't been here together on ZigZag very long, dear listeners. But can I just say... I think I love you. Hi, Manoush. Hi, Jen. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for your new podcast project. I just finished listening to episode three of your podcast, and I wanted to tell you that you guys are an inspiration to me. I think it's fantastic what you're doing. My hat is off to both of you. I'm a black woman, and any time I hear that women have made a conscious decision to step away from a steady paycheck, well, you've got my attention. You have told us about your own business experiences. So I pulled up short, and uh, that's my first uh, big right-hand turn. Failure could happen at any time, and it is, it's nerve-wracking. About what it's like to be a parent when you're working your butt off at the office, too. Doing a job and taking care of a five-month-old kid was just too much for me. About why you think this technology is really exciting. I am super interested in the blockchain. Even if it doesn't work, we should just be talking about solutions to society's problems. I really believe in, like, the democratic value of journalism. And you've also given us a ton of advice and a big morale boost. We also laughed out loud when you described your fears about neglecting your children, bankrupting yourselves, or destroying your friendship. We have said exactly these same words many times. I'm really excited to see how I can be more involved. Make sure to keep us posted on the rollout, yeah? Y'all are killing it. Keep it going. 
We know we're just one example of the changes a lot of people are going through, whether it's starting a new business, a new career, or just exploring a new idea or a new identity. We are grateful for these voice memos and lovely emails. There is a lot that all of us can learn from each other, and we do know that Jen and I have it pretty darn good. We are grateful. But we're aiming for transparency here, so I do need to mention there have been a couple, just a couple, not-so-nice emails. I mean, I guess it comes with the territory, right? But I really just want to respond to one. I need to. It's actually a review that someone left us on the Apple Podcasts app, um, which is great because the more uh, reviews there are on there and the more ratings, the more that ZigZag shows up in front of other potential listeners. But this person writes... If these two aspiring entrepreneurs really believe these anxieties are unique to themselves or women, they might listen to the first year of Gimlet's startup podcast. That's a good point. For those of you who aren't familiar with the startup podcast, it's a show produced by Gimlet Media that follows entrepreneurs figuring out how to build a business. But the first season was about Gimlet's own founders, Matt and Alex, documenting their own entrepreneurial journey and the choices that they had to make. What are you doing? So I'm making a network of digital podcasts uh, that we will monitor, that, that will, that will, that is going to meet. <laughs> Sorry. I'm it is a great right show. And that first season definitely inspired Jen and I and a bunch of other people in the podcasting world to do our own thing. And actually, Jen and Matt worked together at WNYC a while back. And before we started making ZigZag, she went to tell him that we were making something that might sound a bit like startup, but that was kind of different. We've been talking to this company called Civil. Have you heard of Civil yet? Are they the blockchain media company? Okay, so you're... <laughs> wow, okay, cool. Go Go on. So Jen and Matt agreed a longer conversation was in order. So they arranged for the four of us, Matt and Alex, me and Jen, to get in a studio together. We wanted advice and feedback, and Matt and Alex very generously wanted to provide it. But I think they were also just kind of curious about what we were up to. So if you wouldn't mind, Alex, just sort of spelling out, and Matt, of course, feel free to chime in, what the basic business model is for Gimlet. So we just understand where the money comes from and like what is success. If you're asking basic business model questions, then Matt, I'm the one who should chime in. Okay. Matt's the one who should answer the question. No, you should answer. Uh yeah. so so the basic basic business model is um the vast majority of our revenue comes from ads that we sell on the on the podcast that we make. Um so and then another good chunk comes from branded podcasts. So we make podcasts for brands. The fastest growing part of the business is Gimlet Pictures, which is television and film development, where we are. We started out just licensing rights, and now we're really, we we are taking a more active producerial role and taking our shows from being podcasts to being television shows and films and all that stuff. Alex, you very famously uh, documented your journey um, in terms of taking investment money. Can you tell us a little bit, like, how that has worked out? Uh, <laughs> it's worked out wonderfully. Uh, I didn't want to just make a podcast that I wanted to do. I wanted to create a company that was making lots of podcasts. I wanted to be able to pay people salaries while they made those. We saw the opportunity for a, 
you know, sort of a large size company operating in this space. Um, so investment was, you know, sort of necessary and, and we were really fortunate to get great investors, um, along the way. So, uh, I, yeah, I think that was like, and that's enabled us to do all the things that we are doing right now. Like if we had just, as Matt tells me all the time, uh, you know, if we had just been trying to bootstrap it, we would have been able to like launch one podcast hopefully that was profitable and hired some people and then maybe that would have like and so it's just like it's a much slower proposition you're talking about and in the beginning the the sophisticated investors some some of them were like hey i just like love what you guys are doing and i want to support it and i want to go to the parties some of them were <laughs> we're a foundation and we want to fund new business models for con for meaningful content and then some of them were venture investors who were like we want to get a 10 to 100 times return do you take then, those venture investor money i mean we took all of the above as the company's gotten bigger and more successful and less risky then the investors are like we don't need a hundred times we don't even need 10 times we need three to five times return over the next five to seven years huh. but if in seven years it's still growing and going well and you guys want to keep running it like that's fine too huh we've also never we're insanely lucky uh, we had really good timing, and we've had good fortune, so we have not hit on hard times in the business. So every investor is great when things are going well. Yeah. It's when things don't go well when you when you find out what they're really like. And I would say we have not found that out yet. Do you feel like that's inevitable? Uh, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It's inevitable that we're gonna that we're gonna hit hit on hard times if we do it long enough. Yeah, yeah. Coming up, is it harder or easier for men to be vulnerable in public these days? More of our powwow with the co-founders of Gimlet Media, Alex Bloomberg and Matt Lieber. This is Zigzag. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Even if you aren't a podcast nerd, it is worth noting that Gimlet recently closed another round of funding, and the podcast company that those guys started four years ago is now valued at seven digits. Kudos to them. Getting investors to believe in a new idea is never easy. But also, can we just say it? Getting funding is definitely harder for women. 2% of all VC funding goes to female founders. There just aren't enough women in tech, investing, or entrepreneurship. And study after study shows that actually that hurts companies' bottom line. Diversity actually makes companies more money. Anyway, as you heard in the last episode, for many reasons, Jen and I have decided not to take investment money. For now. Lord knows there's a lot of zigging and zagging going on, so that could change. And Matt and Alex thought that our concepts about money were a little... odd. I, I saw Manoush, we were at this dinner on Saturday night mm -hmm. in downtown Brooklyn on the Dumbo waterfront in this gorgeous new uh, building that had been redeveloped. It was an old warehouse, and now it's like now it's the Soho house. It was a warehouse, now it's the Soho uh, yeah. house. And we were like, God, it was a beautiful night, and we were looking out at the lower Manhattan skyline, and I was like, 
God, it's a beautiful night. And she's, and I'm like, and this building is amazing. And Manish was like, she, and she furrowed her brow and she was like, yeah, I don't know. It, it all seems like, it just all seems like it's going to go away. And it's very moneyed. And I was like. I said, it's ready for a crash is what I said. And it's I ready said. for a right. crash. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike money. And I also like think this is an incredibly valuable piece of property that could never be replicated. And when you said that, I actually felt a lot better. I was like, that's mm. right. This is something special right here, right now. But I think you, but the other thing you said was it's very moneyed. And underneath that, I heard that you have a distrust of people who are deploying large amounts of capital. You may distrust their motives or their uh, foresight. I think I also distrust their stability. Mm, Having right. covered the financial crash as you did in 2007 and 2008, I am very well aware that things can be going great and then suck. Yeah. Mm. And so that is not, you know, as I'm not I'm not a kid starting a business. Yeah, we're, I'm we're two moms. Oh, yeah. We've and, kid we have kids, you know. And we named the we named the business Stable Genius. Like we right. want stability. <laughs> stable we want to be wise. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's really hard to get anybody to invest their money in you. So, like, the, <laughs> there's a possibility that this is a mood conversation on the let's say that that there that there are. What are you are, saying, Alex? These guys could raise money. Come on. No, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Again, like Matt said, we were fortunate. We were we we happened to be raising money at the time that I think there was a little bit of a startup bubble. And so we were, our, just like housing prices were high, sure. like startup prices were high, which meant that we had to sell less of our company to get the money we needed. They also are not going to force us to do something we don't want to do because it looks bad. And then the next set of entrepreneurs aren't going to want to take their money gotcha. because we have a big megaphone called startup and we would just say how horrible <laughs> they were for mistreating <laughs> us. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You had mentioned that it was hard and we Everyone got to hear that on on startup with your pitch to Chris Saka. Right. And it wasn't even that hard for us. Like, we got really lucky. <laughs> I think that's a repeat. But yes, felt hard at the time. But what I wanted to ask you, because I've been thinking about this a lot with Manush and I as two women, um, it feels very vulnerable to me to yeah. be, I mean, we're taping ourselves having ridiculous conversations and <laughs> meetings and we get excited and scream and all these things that, you know, we have on tape that I'm like, we can't put that out there because we're going to look ridiculous. But you put yourself out there in this very vulnerable way as a man. I really respect that. But I, I just wonder if you had that moment where you were like, I can't put this out there. Or if you were like, this is great tape no matter what it's going out. And whether the gender role thing makes any difference. Yeah. I mean, like, the that's a really interesting question. And I thought about that a lot. Like, if as a man you get licensed to sort of share a certain kind of – that you get called brave – Right. For sharing your vulnerability, mm -hmm. whereas a woman wouldn't be called brave necessarily. Um, maybe. And like, and I think. No, I think you you just put your finger on it. We're worried we're going to be called worse than. Yeah. You right. know. What, would she, what, would they, what would she be called? What would you, I don't, I mean, I don't know. What would you be called? Like. Naive. Naive. Foolish. foolish mm -hmm. Right. Stupid. Potentially pushy yeah. is another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. do they think they are? Yeah. I've, had that said to me many times over the right. years. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. That's what I was wondering is like when you put it out there, did you ever feel it's not cringeworthy listening to that tape? It's amazing tape. It's some of the best <laughs> tape I've heard in a long time. But is it cringeworthy in some way for a woman to do that? Do people want to hear that? Uh, I, I, yeah, it's like they want to hear us be strong, badass bitches. You know yes. what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> I like to be the strong, badass bitch. That's what I'm used to doing. Yeah. That is a, 
I had that all the time. I was like, this is great. This is great. You and I would both have that. And then all of a sudden it would be like, what in the world am I doing? Every single episode of Startup, especially in the beginning, in the first season that we put out, we literally thought like, this might be too much. We're sharing too much. We look insane, naive, stupid. Like this was a, we had these conversations all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a really interesting thing going on right now about how women see themselves in the world. And um, I'm with you, Jen, on that. I, the problem is I don't give a shit anymore because yeah. she bred that out of me as my producer, <laughs> which is also think, really weird. Now that I'm on the mic, now I understand a little bit more what I put her through as yeah. her producer. I think we're also, I mean, everything is changing a lot, you know, and like the way, like there's a lot, like I think the ways that women are representing themselves in culture and just sort of like, you know, is changing. And I think a lot more things are opening up. I don't know. Uh, and so, yeah. So I think that's, that I think, I think authenticity, <laughs> especially, especially many curated authenticity, that which is what we're making, um, you know, uh, c connects you know, more than, you know, can can overcome sexual stereotypes. What is your ambition? Yeah, what, what are you guys, guys trying to do? What are you guys trying to do? Well, that's the thing. I think the key question here... We need to figure out how big we want to be and how much we want to grow. What do you want to be? We want to be a media company. Why are you doing this? Do you want to yeah, sure. give them the mission? Well, okay, so there comes a point where you get tired of listening to your own belly aching. And you're like, well, shit, if you really want creative and financial freedom, then go get it and take responsibility for it. Um, I think there's part of that. I think Jen and I like to chase drama a little bit. Spite. <laughs> Spite is a powerful <laughs> motivator. I'm telling you, I'm serious. Like I think, yeah. I think it's like thinking that that was ultimately. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm right, gonna do yeah. it. Uh, yeah. But give them the mission too that you're. you're yeah. a good You have a good mission line. Uh, help people navigate personal and global change, and I think that can be a lot of things. But I like when, that. as you I like rev your mission. Lamborghini, Jen, I like that mission. Or Lambos, yeah, <laughs> because it's it's simple, but it's big enough to encompass many many things that you may not have imagined yet. Yeah. Um, can we hire you guys to make a, a podcast for Gimlet Creative if we have a brand come to us and make to make a show? If it aligns with our mission. I think the I was thinking about this as you were saying the mission, like help people navigate personal and global change. Yeah. Yeah. I would say half our clients probably see that as being aligned with what they're doing. Well, mm -hmm. I'm sure they do. <laughs> Question is, do we? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, if the deal's right, yeah. Can I ask a relatively personal question sure. for both of you? Yeah. How How has running and founding this business affected your families and your kids? That question that you just asked, I think for us, we yeah. have to decide whether we can build a sustainable company that where we can mm -hmm. still be around for our families or if that's naive as well. Right. I think over the next couple of years, you could have four things, friends, family, business, sleep. And I think you can like choose probably two of them. <laughs> and then if the, th and if the business goes well and you're, 
and you're, you build a good team and you manage it well and it grows, then you can have probably a third. But for the next year or two, it's... Wait, which one do you not have? Sleep or friends? Um, or family? <laughs> I, think I, had, I think I had friends and... I, I think I had uh, work and family. And now I have a little bit of sleep. friends, I would oh. say. Yeah. yeah. No sleep. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that's true. Yeah, work and family. Here's the thing. There are people who start businesses and they are like, they're lifestyle businesses and they, their whole goal is to have more time with their family. And those people are optimizing for revenue, <laughs> right? Right, right. You guys are right. not optimizing for revenue. Cash. Cash. They're for optimizing. Revenue, optimizing for yeah. cash. For Alex right. always uses the word revenue to mean profit. And I'm like, it's not profit until you take away all the costs. They're optimizing for profit for money coming out of the business that can then fund their life. Yes. Right. 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 But they're they're but be, even before that, they're not thinking like, who are we going to turn away? Right. They're not they're thinking, thinking sure. like, well, it depends if yeah. it, it depends if, they're, if it's they're thinking with like, our values I will, or it's the, not. Or, they're thinking like, I will take every single <gasps> revenue opportunity that comes my way. Like it it might make sense to like take jobs for hire as mm-hmm. a way to like you you have to mm-hmm. get the cash somehow. Yeah. Right. Like you're not going to be able to do it unless you have big savings accounts, you're either going to get like investment or you're going to get somebody paying you cash to do something. We had one of the big Conde Nast magazines that wanted us to make their show. And I was yeah. like, we absolutely should not do this. This and is like, like a huge waste of your time. And you're like, no, but they're like smart and cool. And like, we'll just be part yeah, of it. And I'm like, yeah. I know, but it makes no sense. It's a waste of our focus. Yeah. And, but what do you I think mean? You, Why was it a waste of your focus? To That sounds great. Because Why we didn't want to make things that other people were going to own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's well, that's key. Yeah. 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 Unless the price were really right. Unless they were paying... Unless they were paying us a lot of money, which is basically still our position. Right. And the the difference is that nowadays there are people who will now pay more money to make it worth your time. Like, it is a great... Yeah, we created a market for you guys. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for that. We created a market for you guys. (laughs) 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 All right, this was good. This was good. Um, Parting words of advice, caution, disdain? No. We'll take it. No, definitely no disdain. No, no disdain. No No caution. Okay. Do it. It's yeah. We can take it. Go ahead, Matt. Pay attention to your feelings. Pay attention oh, to what, what you're what you what you really <laughs> feel about whether to do something or not. Right. Yeah. Gut check. One of the messages about us that I heard was these guys are never gonna they're not gonna make it. Like they're gonna get crushed by some you know, HBO is gonna come in and do podcasts or ESPN's gonna come in and crush them. Like this is never gonna work. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ugh, Take good. that. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there, that comes back to your idea that spite is a good motivator. Spite is a good motivator. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Thank you. We really Thanks appreciate lot, it. You guys. All right, it was fun. Many, many thanks to Alex Bloomberg and Matt Lieber of Gimlet Media for taking the time to sit down with me and Jen for as long as they did. As you know, dear listeners, Civil is the startup that we've been talking about in the first couple episodes. They're a blockchain startup, and they gave us and a handful of other journalists these small grants to get our own little companies off the ground. Civil is building a new kind of platform for journalism, and now about half a dozen newsrooms have launched their websites on the Civil platform. Documented, Cannabis Wire, The Block Club, Sludge, they are publishing excellent journalism. Do go and check out these new newsrooms. 
And I, we just want to make clear, all of these sites, including us at zigzagpod.com, retain all ownership of our work and all editorial control. And this is important because next week... What did she say? What, what's her line? The most badass journalism foundation? The badass, cutting-edge journalism foundation in the world. We've got a big update on the status of Civil's grand experiment to use blockchain technology to rethink how journalism works, maybe even help it survive. At some point, you have to take a leap of faith. How do we make sure that things don't really go off the rails? Now, here comes the big mama. What is a TCR? (laughs) We are zigging back to more about the blockchain, Civil, how this experiment is supposed to work, and what it might mean actually for you, dear listener. Many of you have asked how this is all going to happen with voting and tokens, and we're going to get into all of it. Many of you have also asked how you can support our endeavor. Um, First of all, thank you for asking. Uh, Secondly, it's really easy. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please write us a review. Leave a rating. It makes a huge difference in helping people discover us. But yes, you can also donate to help us add a team member or two in the future. Go to zigzagpod.com slash donate. Click to make your contribution via Radiotopia or Civil, the collective of your choice. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's free. It has links to help you go deeper on everything that we talk about here on the show. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. But can I just say one thing? Summer of 2018, you are going to say that you heard about this whole blockchain journalism thing here first. Yeah, we're in this together. I'm roping you in. Okay, this episode was produced by me and Jen Poyant. David Herman is our audio engineer and composer. Matt Boynton also provided audio production support. Our intern is Jordan Lauf. Kat Aaron provided digital smarts. ZigZag comes from Stable Genius Productions in partnership with Civil. We are proud members of Radiotopia from PRX. Hello. Hello. We're going to to a Gracie luncheon. That's right. We're going to the Gracie Awards luncheon. And who's my date? Me. You. My daughter is coming with me. Is this an unusual event? Yes. Yes? Why? Because only journalists get the award. That's right. And you're the best journalist in the world, so that's why. Oh, well, not the world. There are lots of really good journalists, but... No, you're the best in the world. Well, you're biased. Thank you, cutie. That's very sweet.